how have you been? How is your week? Uh, it's a good week. Um, oh, hold on. Hold on. Hey, cheers. Oh. Cheers. Cheers. Some, cheers, buddy. Boop. Some summer water here. Mm. I've got a little, uh, not quite gin and tonic, but gin and grocery store brand seltzer. Oh, yeah. nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it's, this is literally the name of this rosé is a summer water rosé. And it's mm-hmm. the heaviest pour I could like do with without feeling terrible about myself. So I was like, oh, we got a we got we got a gossip. Or you should feel great about yourself. <laughs> you should feel great about yourself. Uh yeah, so there's it's been a it's, it's been, been a, a surprisingly eventful week, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm not even up on anything. The thing that you messaged me uh, last night about uh, blew my mind, which I, for some reason, hadn't even crossed my mind, despite it being centered around stuff that all the things I'm obsessed with. Yeah. Um, and, and like your yeah, job uh, and your bit, like it's the same with me, John. Yeah. Is That's my. So, all right, let's um, let's just go into the podcast because i feel like this is all going to be just head down the water slide yeah (laughs) let's do it welcome to the f1 files folks this is our formula one podcast we are two best friends who love this sport always have always will Hmm? Always will. We always will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I sure hope so. Yeah, yeah, we always will. Uh, my name is Corey Willis. I am a striking actor, writer, and improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. And this is John Lapore, creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a nope. week. We don't we 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 aren't racing this past weekend. No. We nope. will be racing this upcoming weekend, but yeah. uh, no, no race in the last week. However, there's been uh, some eventful things unfolding in the world of Formula One. Where uh, yeah. shall we just start with? I think the the week's headline. Yeah. So the uh, the the week's headline. Um, I mean, the true headline in F one is we got. The Honey Badger back in business. We got Daniel Ricardo back in an Alpha Towery. Uh, formerly the yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, a round of applause for welcome, oh, welcome back, Daniel Ricardo. Welcome back, and like I, because and I, I'll do this because clearly Alpha Towery and uh, Red Bull and even Formula One aren't doing this. So like the fans are in charge of this, but like, thank you, Nick DeVries. Um, even though you were yes. unceremoniously sacked, uh, very early in the season, even for like a Red Bull mid season seat replacement, this was aggressively early by any standard yeah. of measurement, yep. uh, considering Nick DeVries did, he did nothing wrong. Uh, he truly just was like not extremely fast in a car that is not extremely fast. And yeah, he he wasn't. If you look at his numbers, it's not like he was like appallingly slow compared to Yuki Sonoda. It's just he was slower. And Daniel Ricardo was waiting in the wings, and uh, that basically was, I guess, confirmed. It was confirmed this week, but I 
guess that this was discussed before the Silverstone Grand Prix. This was like when that deal was inked. Uh, so they were just keeping it. I'm quiet. I'm gonna hold to my prediction from two yeah. episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, that this happened in the middle of the race weekend or like mid session. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some point where Helmet Marco elbowed, you know, Christian Horner. They gave each other the look, and that was that was the moment. Yeah, that it was up. Well, I imagine and, it was like uh, Helmet Marco was like, he, "This is if if I I realize I'm an extremely online person, um, <laughs> so if there was like a uh, the gif of uh, the guy getting pulled out of his uh, endurance car, yeah. I think it's at like one of the Le Mans races. But like I imagine yep. that like Helmet Marco just like showed that to Christian Horner." Uh, mid race or like mid session, and Christian was just like, "Yes, I know, I I know." Yeah. Um, like gave that like a big thumbs up. Uh, yeah, I I assume it's been discussed so much that it's down to like a a single letter mm-hmm. that they text each other as shorthand. That's just like go time. You yeah, know? yeah. And this is this is a a very normal thing for Red Bull to do. They did it with uh, Brandon Hartley. They did it with Daniel Kvyat. They did it with Pierre Gasly. They did it with Alex Albon. Uh, and mm-hmm. that now they're doing it with Nick DeVries, um, which it sucks. It sucks because I think Nick deserved more seat time, but also we as an F1 fan base deserve... Daniel Ricardo back on the grid. So we do, we do. It's, it's a fair, fair trade, fair trade, fair yeah. trade. Sorry, yeah. Nick DeVries, but yep. fair trade. I'm sure he'll have a wonderful uh, time spending, uh, you know, having a very luxurious lifestyle as like an endurance racer or something for the rest of his career. And he'll yeah. just be, you it's know, like, he just won't be at the hyper pinnacle of motor racing. Right. He was already spotted uh, in a cafe with Toto Wolf. Uh, like, <laughs> yes. Like, there's like a, fo- a photo of that, like the day after the Grand Prix was over, yeah. which is like, yeah, what is, sure. what is that? What's going, what's that conversation that Toto is having with Nick, uh, Nick DeVries in a cafe the day after he's been fired? I assume he is saying, like, we want to put you back into like you're going to be part of our development driver program again we will bring you back into the fold maybe put you on loan to williams as like one of their reserve drivers or as one Mm -hmm. of their like sim drivers just because james vowels is now at williams and nick devries and james vowels worked so closely together on the like best mercedes ever (laughs) so like i assume that that's they pro and they want <laughs> they need talent in the development program to help dial in whatever changes James Vowles is going to be bringing to that team. So I think yep. that's probably what that conversation was. I don't think it was just like, oh hey, I saw you on the streets of Monaco. <laughs> but it, maybe it is. I, all these people roll in the same circles and spend their off. I think Toto also. Toto likes to collect, yeah. Um, Fire you know, drivers. other other people who have been burned mm-hmm. by the Red Bull system. You yeah, know? 
Yeah. Or even, I mean, they do have Mick Schumacher. Oh, God. We're bouncing all around. Um, but let's but just. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there, there are, there, so let's hit. There are going to be some topics that we hit. So we just were discussing Daniel Ricardo. We'll continue to discuss Daniel Ricardo. Uh, there are some Red Bull upgrades that are coming. Uh, there uh, was the Festival mm. of Speed, uh, which Mick Schumacher was wearing his dad's helmet, driving his dad's Mercedes. Uh, doing donuts Beautiful. to God save the king uh-huh, in front of the yeah. Goodwood Mansion. Just like brought it literally. I knew I was going to get choked up when I saw that, but I like was like doing the like sucking at like, oh, 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 whoa, whoa, like caught me <laughs> off guard. <laughs> um, my breath caught in my chest as I watched that. Um, so that that was another thing that happened. And then we're also going to touch on Stefano Domenicali's uh, kind of like his discussion, um, his interview. Uh, and then also throughout this, just like in the intro there, we're going to reference the strike, the actor strike, which will be putting the brakes to yep. the F1 movie. So those are the topics that we're going to. Yeah, gonna presumably, have. presumably. I can't um, imagine Brad Pitt is going he's like one of the most ho- like high profile yeah it would, it would actors be, in our it would be union pretty... yeah well if he if all right so if that so here's the thing if he continues work he will be blacklisted from everything in hollywood like that's how this works he just will yeah. never he will never work in this town okay. again so yeah all right um, so let's let's just get this out of the way then so Brad Pitt's formula 1 movie is going to be st- it, it is going to halt shooting. Yes. Which is to me a huge deal because <sighs> their plan was to film at several more races for the rest of the season. More. Eight more. They were going to do nine total, right? That was the number. Yeah, I think, I think so. And so, I mean, and, and Corey, you know better than I do, but this, this strike is going to, at the earliest, is going to end at like, Christmas like at the I can't imagine it ends before Christmas. I mean it's uh, it's it's yeah. going to go on for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And which is which it's is going not to say I will say as like a strong uh supporter of organized labor and a union member myself uh like I would love to go back to work tomorrow. I would love to go yeah. back to work uh like today, it's Sunday. I would go back to work tonight uh, before midnight if the alliance of uh, – I don't even want to say their name. Um, if the organization that has negotiated or failed to negotiate with mm. my union and the Writers Guild, uh, if they were to come back to the table and say, hey <laughs> – We'll pay you fairly. We'll show you what our numbers are so that you can be paid in reflection of that. We would all go back to work tonight. Like every single yeah. one of us would go back to work. We are champing at the mm-hmm. bit. This is our, not just our livelihood. This is like what we do. So it's, I know we want to get back to work. That said, I can't imagine that the studio system and the negotiators on their side are going to allow us to go back to work before Christmas. And that's, that is hundreds I mean, that's of rough. millions of dollars. Let's get a, 
yeah, that's going to screw up a lot of a lot of things. It's going to yeah. have various long term trickle down effects, yeah. yeah, and is going to like again create a era in entertainment that we'll look back on, you know, mm-hmm. decades from now is like, oh yeah. That's the two-year period where the quality on everything was compromised as a result of, of however long this strike ended up being. Yeah, of a handful of wildly greedy people. I mean, folks, Yeah, the, what yeah. you are going to experience outside of like sports and television, um, but that's also another thing is like, I don't know because I'm not a presenter. That's not something that I do professionally, but there are a lot of things that like actors are still allowed to do. Like I'm still allowed to act in commercials if, because it's not struck work. That is that technically Mm -hmm. I am eligible to work in commercials. I think technically I may still be eligible to work in broadcast sports and news because that doesn't fall within our contract. Um, so there's like the broadcast sports and broadcast television, specifically like I think live broadcast television and commercial contracts are outside of the television and movie okay. contracts. So there may be some wiggle room with what can be done still on the with this movie because they're like, oh, well, we could if they are commenting on live sports. That is something that they can technically do. However, if anyone involved with the movie is part of the Writers Guild, they cannot write anything for this movie, no matter where they are on the planet. If anyone is a part of the Screen Actors Guild, or if they're not a part of the Screen Actors Guild, and they work on a struck project, they will be blacklisted for the rest of their lives and never be eligible to join the union. So... So, all right. Yeah, so the F one movie, yeah. the F one movie is has has been committed to this idea of hyper authenticity through filming at races. Mm-hmm. If the strike is not over before the end of the season, they are going to be waiting effectively a full year, yeah, to begin shooting again, so that they can yep. shoot at races or at least at the races that they were prepared to shoot at and i have to imagine that the las vegas grand prix is you know set up as sure that was climax of the film or something along those lines right yep um and if this was any other from that too yeah like it was yeah 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 now there's a lot of other scenarios where you would have an impatient movie studio that would just be saying like chomping at the bit saying like well we gotta hit our release date we gotta do whatever we're not gonna shoot at races anymore it's all gonna be cgi however i think given that this is joe kaczynski who went to great lengths to make top gun maverick Mm -hmm. also made top gun maverick during or actually pre-pandemic and then continued finessing it through the entire pandemic like that movie was probably delayed you know three full years or or something along those lines so yeah not new territory for him and uh the the movie studio that Mm -hmm. is releasing the film is apple who i would actually expect would be pretty chill 
financially confident and level-headed around, you know, all right, if it's going to take another year, it's going to take another year. So not that this movie even had a release date. Yeah. But John, like this is part of it. So like every time this is an onion and it's like a terrifying onion because what you just said, I hadn't considered. Uh, The fact that they may have to delay shooting means that they will then have to go back in and remodify all of the kit all of the body kits for these cars and all the footage that's been used or was going to be used now will have to be reshot because the cars will need to reflect next year. Like any upgrades, you can't have a car. You can't have these cars look completely out of sorts if they're supposed to be part of the current season. I, right. Like I still expect that. I still expect that all the like real cars are going to be mostly like motion blur smearing through the, the frame and it'll be, you know, but they did either that or like, or, or God forbid they, they caught Nick, Nick DeVries on camera, you know, in there. What if there were, what if there was like, we don't know it, but there was like a really intense, you know, dialogue, heavy scene shot, with Nick DeVries as like the critical, uh, you know, yeah. uh, turning point of their narrative. Like he like, and now they're going to have to, they're going to have to graft uh, golf with Danny Brad Rick's Pitt. head onto him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh God. What's, um, is the Christopher Plummer like replaced? Uh, uh yeah. Kevin yeah, Spacey. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Spacey. Like it's that, that whole thing. Um, yeah. So like I, they're just, and so each time you think about something that is going to be affected by this, by like any delay in production, it just, the money that is being spent and Apple's fine, but it's, it's still, and they've like integrated with F1's infrastructure so that it's not that much of an interference, but like there are scenes like the formation lap thing that happened at the British Grand Prix that was part of the script apparently cuz Brad Pitt like kind of jokingly said like oh yeah if anything weird happens you know just know that it was intentional and then during the formation yeah. lap one of the cars like fails to start on the formation lap and they took one of the cars mm-hmm. and like wheeled it through one of the uh entrances to the pit and like that's what like Crofty was saying. He's like, and yeah, we think that that may have been part of the plot. Is like one of the cars doesn't start because that happens yep. sometimes. That does happen, and that's like a very like high intensity situation. And then the yep. other car went down and completed part of the formation lap, and then like went down an escape road and didn't like completely come back around and then go into the pits. It like went down an escape road, I guess, earlier on in one of the sectors. Uh, so hmm. like, these are like intentional, these were intentional filming days and they had started that process yeah. and the pre-production for that cost so much. Like just the idea of conceptualizing that and like talking to people and being like, okay, marshals an entire F1 grid and pit crews we are going to open yeah. up a wall on the formation lap and go across the pit lane. That's like to do that is so disruptive. <laughs> uh, so it's just, I don't know. The again, every time I think about it, setbacks, setbacks everywhere. And each Major one of them setbacks. are tens of millions of dollars per setback, if not hundreds of yeah. millions of dollars. 
And yeah, just the knock on effects of this. I hope it doesn't scrap the movie, but I'm genuinely concerned with like, oh, this may get so costly that they may go like, look, we're not going to spend $2 billion on making an F1 movie. Cause yeah, well, it's also in like, you know, Brad Pitt, I'm sure has other projects to get into and yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, it's a, it's a bad situation that has like weird real world consequences for us as fans. And I'm like seeing it from like the actor's side and the union side and being like, look, we, we're not going to work. I'm not like, I get it. Don't work. Don't work. It is unreasonable and unfair. This is not a strike podcast, though. This is a Formula One podcast, so we're not going to focus too much on that. But I am so, like, white hot with energy for this strike right now. So I apologize yeah. if it keeps bleeding back in. Hey, John, you have on course. You, you have you have you and uh, and and everyone else have uh, have my support, and yeah. uh, I hope I hope y'all get. Uh, something that hey, is that is fair and, and John, like just base, just base level reasonable. That would and be nice, John. This is what labor does. This is what organized labor does. Is like this is how we have a healthcare system and a pension pa- uh, plan, yeah. uh, and how we got residuals from studios is when we struck the last time. And like, who knows? Maybe this allows visual effects artists to go hey we should organize too and maybe like come up with an idea of like this is what we deserve for the efforts that we undertake like yeah i i i would love to see something along those lines i'm a little disconcerted that the amount of talk about that in the visual effects scene is like a gentle murmur of like well if there was any time to do it now is the time yeah we'll see it's Uh, We'll see. But again, this is not a strike podcast. This is not a a labor podcast, even though it is two working class people in the entertainment industry, which is weird Mm -hmm. to say because it's like, well, working class in the entertainment industry is like a notch above. And it's like, no, it's not. We're still, we still are working class people. We like, yeah, maybe we don't live paycheck to paycheck all the time, but... We're not to the point of where we're like, oh, we could kick our heels up and go on vacation for a year at a time. Like, that's not possible. Yep. So it's a weird time, folks. And we'll try. I'm sure it will bleed back in, but we'll try to keep it from bleeding in. But speaking of unfair labor practices, uh, the unceremonious uh, firing of uh, of Nick DeVries has kind of kicked off. It's like a soft launch of Silly Season, Johnny. This has been yep. a soft yep, yep. launch. So, whoo boy, what what parts do Wait, we see moving around? Where's the next around? move? Yeah. yeah, what do you what do you think is the next uh, so next piece to shift on the chessboard? This is like tin foil hats and uh and closets all right i'm on board full of red string fully endorse whatever it is you're about to say uh so this i believe was one the last time helmet marco gets to make an active decision for red bull uh because he was the one who pushed christian horner to hire nick devries in the first place and it was right. impulsive and he basically is making 
he's like making a mess of his own house. And I think that Christian and the other people at Red Bull, especially after like Dietrich, you know, passed last year, have just been like, oh no, Helmet is a weird old man who just says whatever he wants. And like, at least before we could be like, well, you know, Dietrich, he's the one who really makes the decisions. And now it's like, no, Helmet makes, Helmet is like, the patriarch of that family. Helmet's increasingly becoming a prominent figure in the Formula One paddock. And I think that's bad for him. It's bad for <laughs> him I in the way that's that, like, yeah. Like Bernie and became he's, he's blurting, a prominent figure too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, it's that exactly. kind of like. Well, but but it's also like we see him going into interviews and throwing around, you know, statements that are flaming hot. Yeah. Uh, just because he knows it's going to, you know, he, it's not the prudent thing or strategic thing to say. He just knows it's going to get some headlines real quick and like get his yeah. face or his name in the mix. Um, yeah. All right. So what's give me so, give me some some tin hat action. So, OK, so we've got Nick DeVries out. We've got Daniel Ricardo in the rumor mill has mm-hmm. been that Sergio Perez is in danger of losing his seat to one yes Sonoda. this is the hiring of daniel ricardo is to potentially put a benchmark up against yuki Sonoda's performance this season so that they can maybe mm. keep sergio perez around for as many races as they want they've proven that that's what they'll do uh and they're talking you know maybe they're going to slot yuki Sonoda into that other red bull seat uh or if Yuki is not good enough and Sergio doesn't get his stuff together, we will see a return to the Red Bull of Danny Ricardo. Maybe we'll see Danny Rick yep. and Max Verstappen up against each other as teammates. Um, this is maybe also a possibility for Liam Lawson to get a seat at Alpha Tauri if that happens. Yep. Uh, he's won five out of the last or three of the last six races in super formula. Uh, so he's like one point off the championship of super formula, which is like mm-hmm. where they pulled Yuki Sonoda from. <laughs> so yep. like there, I think that there are some tiles moving around here and I think they were a little like getting a little antsy to uh, maybe take the focus off of, oh, Red Bull's just running away with it. And it's like, well, let's stir the pot up down here yeah, and let Red Bull continue to run away with it. But at least there's disorder and chaos in the junior team. And Danny Rick might have like a hero's return to the mother team. Yeah. I mean. I mean, so there was some very positive feedback regarding his tire test. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, not comparable to the current spec of tires because it was effectively sampling or experimenting with what could be next season's right. Pirelli tire. Right, right. But uh, from what I understood, I mean, that was that was the thing that was also an immediate, you know, confirmation of like, yes, he's he is the guy to take yeah. DeVries' seat. And I have to imagine that at this point um, – unless we see a huge U-turn from Sergio, it really is going to be basically Yuki and Danny Rick 
fighting for his seat. Yeah. Do you think it's as simple as that? Do you think it's just one, whichever one of them is doing better, they will get promoted right up to the, to the main team? I don't think so. Cause there are other rumors swirling, uh, that mm. there is a potential for, uh, Charles Leclerc to maybe want to go to Red Bull. Um, there sure. is like, and there are, I guess, rumors that the FIA is kind of going and, uh, and Liberty is like, Hey, so we can't have another season mm. like we're having right now. We can't have Max Verstappen just like yeah. quite literally go like, Oh, I don't need my teammate. I could still win the drivers and constructors championship and have that not be hot air. Have that actually be truthful. Like Max doesn't have to win another race for the rest of the season. And he could still be champion. He doesn't need to like participate in the next four races and he would still be the champion. Yeah. Like that is bad for the sport. Not, like just undeniably bad for the sport. So the idea here is maybe we get two really dominant drivers at a team like Red Bull so that we can have another season like, uh, uh, Rossberg and Hamilton or, you know, um, yeah. what Mark want? Weber and Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say like, or um, Weber and Vettel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It's interesting. Um, yeah. And I mean, so, so it's fascinating, uh, for a number of reasons, one mm -hmm. of which is just this, this kind of like chaotic dynamic within the sport of formula one, that is so much more enhanced because of its recent rise in popularity. Yep. And so the stock went skyrocketing up. There is tremendous concern that although the sport is doing significantly better than it yeah. has ever done in its history, that any sort of like pullback or deceleration in growth is like the most tragic thing that could happen and they get desperate. And like, it's like if this, this wouldn't be an issue if the sport was doing the same exact, you know, numbers that it was in 2019. Yeah. Right. But yeah. because of this surge in, in popularity, everyone's like extra panicky, extra, like, what are we going to do? And I, and I think you're, I think there's a degree to which I can absolutely see the FIA and Liberty media, you know, all swooping in to be like, come on, guys, let's massage this sport like, a little bit better. We gotta, yeah, we can't just let these, we can't, <laughs> I, uh, all right, we're tipping back into labor talk. We can't let the free market dictate. Like, we kind of have to go, people will game the system. Like, Red Bull has clearly gamed the system, just like other teams gamed the system, including Mercedes. So Red Bull, through their cost cap violation and through their like very lenient penalty that they fought very hard against receiving even, which is weird that they could have protested a penalty handed down by the governing body and could have negotiated for it. That's not yeah. how penalties are supposed to work. Um, so... Red Bull gamed the system. They now lost some wind tunnel time, but are still doing just fine. They're going to be bringing upgrades this weekend to Hungary. 
that potentially could make them two-tenths faster, John. Two-tenths per lap faster, which sucks. However, they also said there is a chance that they are going to change the look of that car. And everyone's going like, hey, so Max made like a joke about we're going to bring like a zero pod concept. And there were like rumors that there was like a zero pod concept that Red Bull had flirted with. It would be as, as much as I am like, as I adore Mercedes and their design team, it would be the funniest, most perfect, like public worldwide troll and like rubbing Mercedes nose in it. If Red Bull showed up with a dominant car that put two tenths already on the field and they had a zero pod concept once Mercedes two races ago abandoned their zero pod concept. It would be so beautiful yeah. and so funny. I would love I mean, that. to me, this is this yeah. is the engineering equivalent of Max pitting on the last lap of the race, mm-hmm. you know, to see if he could set the the fastest lap. Yeah. Uh, and and put himself at tremendous risk. Like it's just this sort of like hyper brazen. We've literally like we are so far ahead. We could do anything we want. Yeah. Yep. Uh, sure. Go for it, guys. I mean, if you can make it happen. And yeah. honestly, even if they even if they tried it and they finished last, I would still doft my cap to them for yeah. being like, whatever, we're experimenting, we're playing, why not? Why not? We have such a lead that we could revert back yeah. to our Silverstone car and just dominate the field again and win by 10 seconds, even by stopping on the last lap. Uh, oh, no, they only yep. he only won by like four seconds, I guess, after pitting on the last lap. Still like, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing there is that like there's a rumor that um they were trying to get Lando Norris to go to uh Ferrari. This is all like part of this like oh does Lando have a pre-existing mm-hmm. like if they didn't have like a competitive car at McLaren like this was maybe part of his competitive clause of his contract where if the car didn't show any sort of competitiveness with the rest of the field he could get out of his contract and then go right to Ferrari. So there was like supposedly that discussion, which then prompted like, well, what happens to either Charles or Carlos? Charles is reportedly Mm -hmm. very close to like dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's on his contract. Carlos is like weirdly saying like too much right now about how he Hmm. should be the number one um uh, my friend cola is like on like a bunch of the ferrari boards now uh she's gotten like that deep and that obsessed into it and i love it so much Uh, but she was like oh yeah the the boards right now are all alight with like what is carlos's deal go away carlos we don't want you to be our number one driver we like Mm. Charles. go away so like i think the tifosi are starting to like maybe turn a little bit on signs which is wild to me um 
because he's trying to get more money, but then he will probably just go to Audi anyways if like he doesn't get like a sweet deal. Yeah. Or like the language of the contract doesn't go like you will you we guarantee that whoever drives in the other side of the garage doesn't have priority over you. Like that would be something I would insist on being in my contract if I was a Ferrari driver of just being like, I'm not saying I need to be the number one driver. I just need you to put it in writing that you will not make someone else the number one driver, which defaults me to not that. So, right. But if he doesn't get that language, I think he should chuck deuces and go to Audi. I mean, I love Valtteri, but like, I mean, that guy is not doing too great <laughs> at uh, yeah. Alfa Romeo, and he's not doing enough to keep his seat. Uh, Joe is, absolutely. Joe is, by I think by anybody's standard, people are like, no, oh, it's good. I think that he's doing good work over there. Valtteri, not so much. Um, what do you think about all of that madness, John? The 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 madness of Ferrari. <laughs> um all right. I don't I don't think we will see Lando at mm-hmm. Ferrari. Okay. I think that's uh I think in as of this week, mm-hmm. that seems like a horrible move yeah. for Lando. Yeah. He like quoted um, there's a quote of him being the- like I'm looking for my first win, not my first therapy session. Uh, which Oof. is like, whoa, Oof. Landell, that is so Oof. brutal. Uh, yeah, yeah, like on it's perfect. Yeah, it's it was a great sick burn, ball. Lando. Sick burn. I love Lando, even when he's being a b- he's still like cute about it. It's great. Good, good job, yep. Lando. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I I think uh, I I'm pretty. I mean, I'm curious to hear what happens with the contract because I feel like yeah. any contract signing that uh, Leclerc is doing is gonna be going to have to have some sort of backdoor clause or something that just gets him out of there because I I feel like he's at all times yeah minutes away from jumping ship from Scuderia Pagliacci. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I don't think that we will see Lando at Ferrari either. I just can't imagine. I think there's going to be some other moves in the field that we can't anticipate just yet. Yeah. That are going to start to, I think we'll see more of like a things getting shaken up either at the back of the field or in the middle of the field that'll eventually start tugging at some of the dominoes at the top. Yeah, yeah. I mean, much like we had uh, Fernando, you know, um, uh, yeah, shuffling things around, and like Vettel's uh, Vettel's announcement shuttled uh, or shuffled things around, and like really started to put things into motion. Um, Ricardo, when he left Renault for McLaren, um, that was like a pretty big like, oh, what the hell happened there? Uh, so. That was, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Um, What else? What else? What else? What else? Um, What else from this week stuck out to to you, Johnny, with these? Did you, like, hear any rumors about 
anybody moving around or like the start of silly season? No, I was I was pretty much just kind of following the the Nick DeVries situation in like real time, which started as like Nick DeVries is definitely out. And then it was like, I feel like it was like 58 minutes elapsed before they were like, and Dan Ricardo is in. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Um, uh, and like almost, you know, obviously celebratory for everyone out there. A lot of excitement, a lot of enthusiasm. There was like Formula One produced like a little mini Oprah interview with Daniel Ricardo yeah, as well. Him and Lawrence welcoming Barreto. Him, welcoming him back. To, yeah. Yeah. That was- uh, sitting, on, sitting on a couch, like soft, relaxing lighting yeah. and whatnot. Uh, I thought that was uh, that was fascinating. Uh, I've already seen, you know, memes where there's the video of the F1 intro where every single face has been replaced with Daniel Ricardo, yeah. and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun next week to see him properly in the mix. Mm-hmm. I think all eyes will be on him. Uh, I'm also gonna say long term, I worry that this could all also like end in doom for Daniel Ricardo. Yeah. Like I think there's a scenario where he gets sort of like fast tracked up to Red Bull right alongside Max. And then from there, like I always swear up and down that like, you know, Max's car has this like beautiful golden racing seat inside of it. Yeah. And the seat in the number two car is like one of those like hard plastic subway benches that like actually has like fecal matter and maybe like a a hypodermic needle on it and whatnot. (laughs) I was going to say, it's just like like just the back half of an iron maiden. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Like that's, yeah, yeah. That uh, that is it. I do think the number two car at Red Bull is a torture device. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and it does it does just make me worried to see someone that we care about as much as Danny Rick, you know, start to get closer to being in. I think the most unpleasant place you can be in the entire field. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is that like flying too close to the sun thing. Um, it really is. Uh, hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully his wings. I mean, I'd love to see him ascend to to that seat. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see him put the spurs to his teammate to to yes. you know give Max a little bit of a run for his money. Yeah, but I also know that when that happens, that's when they like turn the intensity up on the torture instrument. Yeah, it's when uh, when he realizes that his uh, his wings like it's like actually a literal thing is that it's like it's the wings are not made of like even like feathers and wax. They're just all like 3d printed, uh, crystalline structures of red bull. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, hopefully it, hopefully it doesn't result in his, his fantastic, uh, failure. Um, on his like road to return, but it's hard to imagine that he's not going to struggle quite a bit in that Alpha Tauri because it's the Alpha Tauri is a bad car. Uh, so. Yeah, it's also also not an excellent vehicle, and I and I do also have tremendous worries that it could be a similar you know chemical yeah. reaction that we saw take place at McLaren. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and and I don't know. 
like he in that interview he was like yeah if the car is balanced like i'll be okay and it was like well (laughs) daniel (laughs) if the if the car is perfect everything will be fine yeah yeah that's yeah that's a that's fair um (laughs) but also like i did great in the test that's in the best car that's competed in formula one in the last decade yeah like i did that i'd been like training on a simulator and pushing to its limits on this specific track (laughs) like now i I, I have i have to imagine that they throw them some time on the on the simulator and the alfatari yes and whatnot yes yeah. You know, he can he can already anticipate what the differences are. Yeah. Any way around it, you just nobody wants to see Danny Rick get hurt. No. Again. No, exactly. Again, by the Red Bull people where he's like, Oh yeah, it's really great do to do you back know what family. The, do do you know what the deal is with his clause from McLaren? Uh his what was it, eighteen million dollars mm-hmm. that they uh, gave to him to buy out his contract, effectively yeah. a kill fee for him. Does he have to rescind any of that, or is it because it's like he's not competing in a full season of Formula One? I think that's probably it. It's probably that he had like a you will only be you will only be like given this money if you don't start next season as a full-time racing driver right right um which is probably why he was given the title of like a third driver um because they were yeah. like oh well we don't want to make you a reserve driver because that feels like a demotion you're not a development driver because you're not you're daniel ricardo <laughs> uh but mm-hmm. if we make you a drop like a an actual driver it might the language might have like interfered with his uh, his 18 mil. But also I have to imagine that like part of this, like Daniel's like a very savvy businessman at this point. I mean, he's got like his own like vineyards yeah. and it's like, like dude, like he's partnering with like clothing brands and like all this stuff. Like he's, he's pretty savvy. So I imagine that even if Red Bull, this like promotion to Alpha Tauri did jeopardize that 18 million, I'm sure he was like, Hey, if they make me give back this 18 million or any part of it, like that's coming out of your coffers. That's not, I'm not just eating 18, like any part of that because I took a job with again, a team that is like worse than the team that I left. Uh, even last year, like McLaren was still better than alpha Tauri. So it's like, I'm not going to. Yeah. So, I th- Interesting yeah. to think about Danny Rick just wa- just waltzing through pit lane and yeah. being like, "Oh, I'm gonna pop over here and get coffee uh, at the at the Red Bull uh, building." Oh, hold on, let me let me grab a little snack over at Alphatari. Oh, hey, my friends over at McLaren, they've got the best hors d'oeuvres. Let mm-hmm. me uh, swing over there. Uh, yeah. Is there anyone else on the grid right now that has been to as many teams? As he has, I mean, not anymore, John. Uh, he replaced that guy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Nick, yeah, Nick yeah. DeVries is the only other person. Yeah, that's true. Yep. It's like yeah. literally it like zigzagging all over the place. Yeah. Like over the course of a Grand Prix weekend, he drove for three teams. Like that was like yep. a thing that Nick DeVries did. So, so the reason he got that seat was because he had to fill in in Monza. Uh, so like, uh, yeah, that was uh, right. Because he was like a Mercedes development driver. He was a reserve driver at Aston Martin and drove like a free practice session for them and then got the seat. <laughs> <laughs> on Williams yeah. uh, because Alex Albon's like lung collapsed. Um, yeah. Yep. So that's the only other person on the grid. John is the person he replaced. Yep. 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 Uh, and like, I think Hulkenberg is close. Hulkenberg, the super sub is like probably had to bop around a bit. Uh, like when Vettel got sick, when Vettel had COVID last year, I think he was, yeah, he was doing the doing the fill in. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about Vettel. Yeah, you want to talk a little bit about Vettel here? Interesting. So- uh, funny you say that. I was literally just, I was looking, I was just buzzing through the Goodwood mm-hmm. uh, events. Yeah, from this weekend to yeah. try and see. What else was happening that was F one related there? Because we had we had Mick in the mix mm-hmm. in his father's car. Oh yeah. Um, there was a series of Williams classic cars that I know were out there being run. Yeah, this was um, their I think eighty. Is it no sixty year anniversary for Williams? I think in racing. Um. I think that that was, yeah, that was part of this weekend was like yep, Lotus's anniversary, McLaren's anniversary, and Williams's anniversary. <laughs> like it was, and yeah. Porsche, right? Porsche, well, Porsche's doing a 75th anniversary all year long. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there was a lot, a lot happening there. Uh, but Seb... Just like he did, uh, he's done years before. He owns Nigel Mansell's Williams, like the Williams, uh, the F1 car, like the thing that when we were growing up, like that was when I thought about an F1 car, that was the car I was thinking about. Like I had a terrible, awful racing game for Super Nintendo that was Nigel Mansell's racing. <laughs> that was that was the game. Well, I, I never awful. got I never played like, that. I mean, that's why yeah, I never played it, yeah. is because you hated it that much. Huh. That's great, John. I didn't it know was, that. It was terrible, but uh yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But that was really, really cool to see him out in that, that car. Yeah. Awesome, awesome to see. Goodwood just phenomenal in general. Um, yeah. I I'm starting to like wonder if they're gonna ever like I don't know rein that in <laughs> this this year. There was a I think it was like a Bentley or maybe a Rolls Royce that had like a wheel come off that just straight up like went whipping down the track at you know. Mm-hmm. 90 or 100 miles per hour you know probably like 30 pounds of tire and alloy metal yeah it just bopped up over the hay bales you know those hay bales to keep everybody safe yeah and yeah. went right into a crowd of people Jesus. and it hit like six different people Jesus. and supposedly nobody 
nobody got seriously hurt, but that is like could have uh, so British could have been, been super gnarly. so British. Uh, yeah, that uh, it is weird. Uh, like one of the one on the first day, uh, a Hyundai went like straight off, like had like a brake failure yeah. and like. Yep, had one of the most beautiful like deep into the hay bales. Yeah, because there was like a camera perfectly set up at like yep. the apex of that, and basically, if you blow the apex, you go right at the camera, and that's what this Hyundai did, yep. and it like beautifully like sprayed hay out in this like geometric pattern that was gorgeous in slow motion, but also mm-hmm. horrifying. Um. There was an M1 that like crashed like right away. Uh, the second day of the festival itself got rained out uh, because British weather is so unpredictable and also climate change is real and uh, it's affecting mm-hmm. every race in some way, shape or form and every event. And it quite literally shut down like the second day of the 30th like year anniversary of Goodwood. So, yeah, you know, yeah, it's uh, kind of tricky. But yeah. man, seeing some of these cars rip up the hill, like the ones that are really competing for the hill climb time, which is a little crazy because it's all been like made null and void by a Verstappen esque appearance by this uh, bizarre McMurdy mm-hmm. fan car. Yeah. But the other cars that were up there, there was this uh, like, late 80s early 90s skyline yeah did you see that thing yeah yeah that thing yeah yeah um it placed like fifth in the competition too like it didn't but it was like again when you think of so loose the whole way up the hill so loose it was like terrifying to watch uh yeah they interviewed the uh the driver afterwards and he was like yeah we've got this thing completely overclocked like i think that's the best it can do and (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's not let's like let's not push. Yeah, any further. someone put a hit out on me, and I figured I would just you know I would just uh, see what I could get away with out here. Yeah. If it all goes wrong, whatever. Ah, oh, so wild. Travis Pastrana uh, came in uh, came in second oh, yeah. in his like yeah. wild Subaru in like the active also hauling and like cr- crazy yeah. to see. A car, and I mean, I get it. It's Travis's like style, yeah. But like, you always think of like drift being so much slower than grip, no. and Travis has found it's terrifying the overlap between those two things is yeah. absolutely insane, especially on the crazy narrow hill and that like you know going into like an s bend right before the stone wall. Yeah, it's and just, just a like the whole wall. the whole time the. Yeah, and the yeah. car's doing like a full like four wheel drift, like yeah. just yeah, absolutely insane, um, absolutely terrifying. But Vettel was there. Vettel Vettel got uh, had like a a couple of moments there. Um, was interviewed, and uh, this is like part of part of Vettel's whole thing is like he does want to return to F one in some capacity. And he was like, there was mm-hmm. a discussion. Uh, I don't remember who he had it with, but he was like, yeah, I do want to come back to 
I miss F1. I miss being on the grid. Like he was one of the people who welcomed Danny Rick into his uh, tire test. Like he came in and like yeah. gave him like like a little like data sheet uh, at like the last minute before Danny Rick went on to the track. And like you can see Danny Rick just like passively, you know, things are being handed to these drivers. They're being secured. They're being like attended to by a yeah. Like a fleet of people. Uh, and like you see Seb like walk over and like hold the thing in front of him and Danny Rick kind of reaches up to grab it and then like feels that the person is just still like lingering there. And you like look up and he like does a double take and realizes it's Seb. And it's just this like beautiful moment. Um, and Seb talks great. Like he Love talks it. about it. He wants to be back involved with F1. He does miss it. Will he come mm-hmm. back as someone who is maybe uh a sustainability like expert um right for the whole sport i don't want to see him go back to red bull i don't want to see him run the team uh in lieu of yeah. helmet i just don't i just don't uh I, as much as i would love to see seb back no i de- i definitely see him more in like the governance of the sport and particularly as like a yeah. you know sustainability advocate or something along those lines, I think makes a a lot of sense. Yeah. Which this kind of leads us into the Stefano Domenicali portion of the podcast. Yeah. What happened here? I missed this. So there, uh, Red Bull and Christian Horner and Max specifically have still continued to like sound the alarm bells about like, Hey, we don't need these hybrid units being like a 50-50 split. We don't need hybrid units to be a part of this new engine mm. uh, regulation. And I think that throughout this process, Stefano Domenicali has like been hearing that and being like, God, would they just shut up? <laughs> and that's what I imagine his response is. Yeah. Because that's what my response is. Uh, and it sounds like that's what everyone else on the grid is responding to is just being like, guys, could you just shut up? You're dominating right now. You'll have carryover. Yeah. You'll be fine. Even in the new, you know, in the new years, you might struggle a little bit, but you'll be okay. And Stefano Domenicali has now said, hey, we may in the future, because of sustainable fuels, and this is like part of the Goodwood Festival of Speed. This was like a big part of this year of the 30th anniversary. Every single vehicle that could run on sustainable fuels, like all the way from like the Beast of Turin, which is this like fire breathing yep. uh, fiat that was like a land speed uh, like record holder. Um, it's like. It's what you imagine when you're like, oh, cartoons are like cartoonish because like you imagine like little explosions that drive. the, And it's like, no, no, that's literally what you can't stand next to this car because it literally breathes fire straight out of the headers. It's like a it's like a it's like a locomotive and a tractor got together and made a car. Yeah. But even that thing was running on uh, fully synthetic fuels. And that was like the synthetic fuels that they're using are sustainable synthetic fuels. So they're like repurposed biodiesel and repurposed Mm -hmm. like synthetic materials that are byproducts of the petrochemical process. So they're taking those, reintegrating Mm -hmm. them in and ideally running cars on that fuel. And it has the same like exact. Oh, like it's the same like 
basic like chemical volatility as petrol right now. So with the sustainable additives that they're using, it basically is functioning at the same octane as the fuels that they are using in F1 cars now. Uh, A Hmm. lot of the cars that were run this weekend, even the F1 cars, even the modern F1 cars were run on sustainable fuel, sustainable synthetic fuels. So Stefano Domenicali has said, hey, maybe after this regulation change, maybe the next regulation change, we will get rid of the hybrid units altogether because one of the reasons the cars are so big is because they have to carry these massive battery packs and these massive energy regeneration Mm -hmm. units that are electrical hybrid units. If we get rid of those, we can shrink the size of the car. So we can have more competitive cars, more competitive racing, and we can have naturally aspirated, drum roll please, maybe even V10s. We may get normally aspirated V10s run on sustainable synthetic fuels in the next like five years of F1. Like John, John, can you imagine going back to a racetrack and hearing cars that terrify you again? Like. Oh, this is so exciting. I I think that would be exceptional. Uh, um, uh. That to me is also, it's particularly exciting because it's it really is for the first time in a long time, a potentially a technology innovation Formula One mm-hmm. that could trickle down yeah. to road cars. Yep. Um, that was part the, of Seb's interview. He was like, hey, I'm running Nigel Mansell's F1 car. I could put this in my car at home and it would run just as fine. I would need no additives. I would not need to change the formula whatsoever. It's the same fuel in this tank as can go in a road car. That's it. There is, um, there's some great advantages to electrification in Mm -hmm. vehicles. For sure. Um, But, the more you know, the more you learn about them, the deeper that you go with them. Yeah, it's easy to realize that it's not quite a sustainable option. And I have a, uh, I have a friend who is a deep, uh, sage, wise figure, deep within the the automotive industry on the engineering side of things, mm-hmm. uh, who gave me his rundown. A little while back, and it really does sound like the uh, the electric vehicle bubble is yeah. going to pop. It's a zero sum at game. some point it's in like, the next decade. Um, we'll yeah. still have some electric vehicles that are great for some very specific uses, but uh, they're they're nowhere near as green as everybody wishes they were. No, and no. Yeah, it's uh, and then you know, for for those of us on the side of you know performance vehicles and just enjoying vehicles, I mean, you can't make a lightweight electric sports car. You can't. It's no. impossible. No. You will not get a electric sports car that is significantly lighter than the Teslas, which weigh as you know much as as an SUV or whatnot. And which is why um, there, when you get into a Tesla, for the most part everything feels very like hard and plasticky because if they used regular materials, the cars would weigh too much and like it would become just completely inefficient. Yeah. So it's, it's, 
it really is truly a zero sum game when it comes to like the electrification of vehicles as like 100% electric vehicles. Now that that's not to say that hydrogen cell vehicles aren't uh, there isn't promise there. I think that there's way more promise there because at Goodwood, there was like basically the, the guy who runs Ineos, like the founder of Ineos, mm-hmm. uh, they like remade the Land Rover Defender <laughs> and the dude from Ineos was like, oh, they stopped making my favorite car. Hmm. Wait a second. I could make my favorite car. And he just literally remade a one-off Land Rover Defender that looks modern, that looks really, really bad and like aggressively styled. And it's a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle. And like it looks and performs quite well. It looked good. It didn't look super nimble going up the hill at Goodwood, but it's also a Land Rover Defender. Those things aren't built to be like nimble at high speeds. They're built to be rugged and like efficient. So. Mm-hmm. And that's what you can get with that. So that's that's where we're hopefully headed in this sport is maybe we will move away from the oversaturation of electrification of these vehicles, which would also allow for like active aerodynamics to really be a part of the cars if you're going to save weight. That means you can have active aerodynamic elements that like show up and it won't further yeah, the I'm, cars down. Like, which I don't, I don't want, I don't want that. I'm not saying I want that. John. Well, I'm not saying, I'm, a, I'm just saying. I'm also, I am also curious how much the size of the car is also based off of, you know, safety standards and, and whatnot that have been developed. Yeah. A lot of as it well. is. And and but John, those safety standards are relative to the weight of the car. That's the problem is that they're yeah. if if you can make the cars not so big and heavy, then they don't have to be as robust right. because when they're they won't carry as much mass into each other when they collide. So those crash structures don't need to be as and I'm, large, you know? So it's, I'm not against I'm not against the, you know, the the curs systems and the hybrid uh setup yeah, but Corey. Yeah, if we can get V tens, my God, I don't care about anything else. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't care. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I j- literally me neither, John. Like, I don't like. I don't care if like. Let's get. They clone let's get a bunch V10s. of Max Verstappen's and put them um, <laughs> on the yeah. grid, and he's the only person driving on the grid. If he's driving a V ten, okay, that's I'm fine with that. I like I'll get some shrieking, intoxicating V10 sound like Uh, some wild, some downshifts that make the cars sound like they are blowing up as they are approaching corners, folks. Yeah. Oh, it's it's possible. It's possible. Uh, And this is the first time that I think that not only like we as fans have been like, yeah, it's possible, but this is the first time that the people at the top have gone like, yeah, I think that we, this is something that we are like, actively. I think we'll, I think we'll see it also because I do expect that in the next, in the next five years, I do think the EV bubble yeah. could go. Yeah. And when everybody starts backpedaling away from the hyper over commitment that's been made, I mean, there's like numerous automakers that have, 
pledged Audi that they will sell nothing but electric vehicles yeah. you know, dark, 10 years from now and whatnot. Dark and horse uh that is entering yeah. the like entering our yeah. sport that is notorious for showing up in a sport and dominating them. I mean, they won. Yeah. Like when they showed up to Lamar, they won. I was, I've been watching like a bunch of like endurance stuff this weekend too. And it was like, oh yeah. When Audi showed up, they won like 13 out of 15 races, 13 out of 15 mm-hmm. endurance races. And they were winning by like yeah. five laps. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. Yeah. That is, if that's not dominance, I don't know what is. And Audi is pledged to be all electric. Like, and this is well, th- and this is an important part of it. I mean, one of the reasons that Formula One does this sort of stuff with the hybrid vehicles is because mm-hmm. it helps to attract those manufacturers towards yes. the sport because they can say, okay, this aligns with our values and to some degree the product that we're making for our customers and and all of that. Yeah. Um. So you know, I I think there will be a chance uh. that we see just in automotive culture period, a pivot that starts to turn a little bit away from electrification. And I think that will be something that will seriously open the door back up to the sustainable fuel conversation. I do worry that sustainable fuels may be a niche product like it may be that like yeah yeah, i bought a i bought a porsche gt3 that runs on sustainable fuel that's you know 40 dollars a gallon and yeah is there will be yeah but that's that's also part of this is like they've kind of gamed out the the long run of this and the infrastructure needed to Mm -hmm. create electrified uh like basically like an infrastructure and like an internet that could you that could be used to keep electric vehicles powered safely uh not like running to like the very last uh bit of their charge yeah. and hypermiling at 20 miles an hour to get from station to station like we need something like that and i think that the synthetic fuel uh market is something that like it's, I don't know. I don't know the production side of this. Someone way smarter needs to like weigh in on this uh, and is weighing in on this. But like, can we use modern petrochemical refineries in order to like create synthetic fuels? Or is this something that really is like all new infrastructure? Like it can't yeah. be piggybacked on anything that exists, which. I think that's the latter is true because that's what they were doing with like the Porsche Cup series last year. They had an entire refinery yep. just producing fuel for that. <laughs> so it was like, oof, I don't know if I love that. Um, it was like somewhere down in like Argentina, uh, Argentina, Argentina, uh, like Argentina, Argentina. <laughs> it's a tiny part of Argentina that is very cold and isolated. Um <laughs> So, all right. So we've we've just gone down a particularly geeky yeah. rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> um. Eh, whatever. Any any other big stuff you've seen happening in the world of F one this week? Um. Not really. Just Lewis came out and clarified his statements, kind of in regards to what we've been talking about. Um. 
where Red Bull is so dominant and it's not enjoyable. And yeah. like Max's like retort was like, oh, he wasn't saying anything when Mercedes was dominant. And then like Lewis was in interviews, like people were like, well, Max was saying, and he was like, no, I, no, I didn't say that. Like it was okay when I did it. I'm saying like, I remember watching mm-hmm. Schumacher and not being that impressed because it, he was so dominant. And I know people felt the same way when I was doing it at Mercedes and when Vettel was doing it at Red Bull. And like, now we're just saying it about Max because it's also true about him. That's all I was saying. And like, yep. yeah, that is all he was saying. And that's all that any of us have been saying. I admit it. I, John, you know this. I kind of like tuned a little bit out from F1 during like the later bit of Lewis or the middle of Lewis's dominating yeah. phase. Cause I was like, I don't know if I want to just watch him win every race. Like he's winning every race by like 30 seconds. That's not fun to invest six hours a week <laughs> in watching someone with a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's all that, that all of us are saying. Uh, and, I think McLaren is catching them up. I love that McLaren is catching them up. I think that Lando has all the upgrades. I think that Piastri gets more upgrades, so that'll complete this phase. And then they'll do more after the summer break as well. Red Bull will continue to bring more upgrades. Mercedes is now going, hey, we see McLaren's development path was, and we also had that idea and since they're, it's working for them, I think we're going to follow it too. Like they're just op- – like James Allison is kind of like openly yep. saying that at this point. So let's go. Let's let's see where this takes us. And maybe we can rein in Max's Red Bull. Maybe Sergio will get it together and show us that he can qualify at least in the top five. He needs to be qualifying second right behind Max to keep his seat. Yep. I I genuinely think that if he qualifies outside of the top five one more time, I think that's it for Sergio. Like, I think that in the same way that like Helmet and Christian were like, mm, yeah, I think that they're probably having that same feeling about Sergio at this point. Just like, Ugh. what's the, what's the lingo? They, he, they get the, they get the ick. Yeah. Yeah. They get, they get the ick. Once get, you get the ick. Yeah. The ick is permanent. It's permanent. Yeah. Once once they get the ick once, from Sergio. Yeah, once there's they, no turning back. And it's like they get the ick after Sergio gets the yips. Like after like a driver yep. <laughs> or like an athlete gets like a little like anxious. Uh for those of you who do not know about this, it's called the yips. Uh and it seems like Sergio kind of got the yips during qualifying. Yeah. And for sure. That has resulted in med- management at Red Bull going, ugh. And uh, you're right, John. I think that once you get the ick, I don't know if it comes off. I really, unless he wins a championship. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's like, no, Max is going to win the championship. So, yeah, it might be a foregone conclusion for Sergio. So, game on, Yuki. Game on, Danny. Let's. See you too. Also, Johnny, it's happening. Danny Yuki. It's happening. Remember when I said that we might get one of the most adorable driver combos ever, and now it's happening? Yeah, it's true. 
Ah, I'm, I'm it is an adorable driver combo. God, yeah. it's so perfect. It's so perfect. Uh, I can't wait to see what, how the driver intro looks with Danny Ricardo in an Alpha Tauri suit. Because I know they filmed one with him in a yep. Red Bull because he was a third driver for Red Bull, but they didn't film one with him in an Alpha Tauri suit. Like they just. Oh. Why would they have? Yeah. Right? yeah we're just gonna we're just gonna see close ups of his face. And uh was he a reserve driver? No, he wasn't a reserve driver at Alpha Tower. They had reserve drivers at Alpha Tower. Like Yeah. Yes. No, no, no. They'll just it's just gonna be him shit eating grin yeah. taking up the entire screen. <laughs> oh, it's just a static image of like his like teeth. And then it just yeah. slowly pulls back and it's just his head and that floats in like yep. down that weird hallway that George is doing the Christ pose in. Oh, 100%. God, I can't wait. Yeah. All right. Well, Johnny, what do you think? Has the stock gone up even though it's been an off week? I think so. I think, uh, I think this may be a new uh, week for people to have discovered Goodwood Festival of Speed. Yeah who were probably introduced to it tangentially through Formula One. Mm -hmm. If you've watched any Formula One content on YouTube, the Goodwood Festival of Speed live feed got bumped to the top of your feed because it was also being produced in yep. conjunction with Sky Sports uh, for the first time ever. Yeah, it was and, cool seeing uh, all yeah, our presenters. I think that's, yeah, all the presenters yeah. you see all over every F1 weekend, they were also all over the Goodwood Festival of Speed. That was that was really cool yep. to see. Um fun fun to see for sure. So yeah, I think stock stock went up. What do you think? I think it's through the roof. Uh I think with Danny Rick returning, with McLaren showing raw pace last weekend, like yep. Hungry being a, a racetrack that like Mercedes may be good at now because they are like their upgrades were tailored to low speed corners. And that's what Hungary is like Silverstone was not tailored to their upgrades and they still did pretty good. Um, so yep. I think that they're going to do great. I think Aston Martin's bringing more upgrades. Alonzo does really well uh, at Hungary. Like he's re he's a monster at that track, especially on like those first laps when he gets those solid starts some of his most legendary starts are uh, are at Hungary. Um, I mean, they're everywhere, but yep. like at Hungary, um, uh, they got those like with that like weird banked section at the very end of it that like has like the potential to create some really cool passing moments on the straightaway there. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, above all else, it's the track with the single best name yeah. for a racetrack. Yeah, the Hungaro Ring. Yeah, yeah, it's. So cool. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, and it's in Budapest, so it's like a, a, you'll we'll see like gorgeous shots of Hungary uh, in yeah. like the height of summer. Uh, it's just going to be full of like beautiful people and just a ton of people who are very fired up. A lot of European fans who didn't get to go to the previous races are going to be there. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be great. I think the stock is up, way up, and we're all waiting to see. If Danny can show up Yuki, that's really what this weekend is going to be all about is watching mm -hmm. where Daniel Ricardo is in free practice one all the way up through the end of the race. It's going to be like, 
did he finish ahead yeah. of Yuki every single time? Uh, yeah. God, I just want to see him on a podium again. I don't care what outfit he's in. I don't care who he's racing for. I just want to see Daniel Ricardo doing a shoey. We deserve Daniel Ricardo doing a shoey. Yeah. He's back on the grid. Yeah, if we can get a shoey this season. Oh Ooh. my God, I'll be so happy. I think we'll get one anyways when he finished, gets his first points. He'll be doing a shoey when he gets his first F1 yeah. points again. Um, yeah, I think that that's, uh, that's where we're at. Uh, it is officially race week. Let's, uh, let's, let's pick up next week um, uh, after this. And uh, we'll be heading into nearly the summer break. Because after that, we've got Monza, right? Is that, is that the, the mm-hmm. order? Hungary? Uh, no, we are. We're... We're we're hungry. We are spa. Ah, right. The following weekend, and then we are into the summer break mode. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, tell the folks where they can find you, John. Tell them. Ah, uh, you can track me down anytime via my home base, johnnymotion.com. Corey, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can track me down. Unfortunately, Twitter is a light again. It is back. I'm back posting on it like crazy, especially with this strike. Um, that's mm-hmm. where a lot of communication is happening. That's where a lot of stories are being shared. Uh, so that's where you can find me. I'm Burn Corey Burn on that. I'm also Burn Corey Burn on Blue Sky. Uh, and then on TikTok, we are the F1 Files on Twitter and the F1 Files on TikTok and the F1 Files pod on uh Instagram. Um, yeah, just to sign off here, uh, I really think that this is a moment in time where it's great and also terrible to watch my worlds colliding. The entertainment industry, organized mm-hmm. labor, uh, and Formula One are all combining. And these are like, this is extremely in my wheelhouse. Uh, so I am like overstimulated right now. Um, but also I think that this is like maybe a moment where we could see, uh, an actual real moment for marginalized people and the labor movement and the working class people in this country and maybe even around the world. I'm sorry to get political, but it's not political. It's about earning enough money to be okay, (laughs) Uh, which I feel like that's not a political thing. I don't know. Uh, Food, clothing, and shelter. Basic needs being met. That kind of stuff. Yeah, we're close. We're close, folks. Um, uh, I think we're right there. Doesn't... Doesn't make it doesn't make it hard to rally behind you guys. No, nah, it really doesn't. Really doesn't. Also, food out of my mouth um, doesn't go into your mouth, and food out of your mouth doesn't go into my mouth. It goes into someone else's garbage can who doesn't even need that food. So let's stop fighting. Yep. Yeah. Uh, God. Yeah, I'm keeping all this in because it's important. Uh, <laughs> and uh, all right. Well, Johnny. They're going to have to catch up with us the next time. And we will catch up with them the next time on the F1 Files.